If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Okay, Lombardi Line presented by BetMGM here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Of course, he's Michael Lombardi. I'm Patrick Maher. And Michael, we mentioned it, a nine-game slate in the association. But let me just set you up here on where we stand because I think some people kind of got lost in the shuffle of the tournament. So we're essentially 75 games in. The play-in is going to take place April 12th through the 15th. So coming up in a couple right of weeks. Right around the corner. Playoffs. Augusta weekend, right after yeah. Augusta, right? That's Isn't right. It? Yeah, 100%. And the playoffs officially start that Saturday, April 16th. So the East is fascinating. Your Heat are imploding. Four straight losses, seven straight against the spread for the Heat. So they've been struggling. Boston going the other way. You know Boston started 23-24. and 24. Since then... They've gone 24 and four. Think about that. And not only in that, now they're the one seed in the East. Their defense has been best in uh, basketball scoring wise, field goal percentage wise. And here's the one thing. You can't score on Boston in the paint. Their numbers in the paint are ridiculous. And that brings us to the injury that Will just uh, talked about. And that being Robert Williams being out with a meniscus tear. He is so vital that he's that center that anchors that defense specifically in the paint we talked about you can't score on the team no and their wings are great i mean they have the center to to handle the paint and their wings are so good yep and they can score and they shoot well i mean they're nine and one over the last 10 games they're on a six game win streak right now and now i think you know they got the number one seed with their 47th win last night maybe they start to retreat currently brooklyn's the ninth seed 
But we all kind of think Brooklyn will end up, if they have to go to the play-in, they'll play themselves into, right, the seventh or the eighth seed, correct? I mean, they, that's usually what happens, right? Yep. We go seven, seven, eight, nine, ten play for the seventh and eighth seed. So you got to feel like Brooklyn's going to be the seventh seed when it's all said and done. Right, I totally. Unless, I would agree. So Brooklyn's, yeah, Brooklyn most likely going to be seven. But if seed, they yes. don't, but if Cleveland has more wins, and Cleveland wins and beats out beats out the Hawks for the, they, they get the seven and Brooklyn gets the eight. Yeah, me, right. So the way it stands so, right now, Toronto is the six. You want to stay above that seven line to stay out of the play-in, and Toronto's correct. a game up on Cleveland, who is uh, right now they're three up on Charlotte. Excuse me, two and a half up on Charlotte and two and a half up on Brooklyn. So that's exactly where we sit right now. And there you see yeah, the and, odds. And for Cleveland's the only a game. Cleveland's only a game behind Toronto. Toronto will keep playing. There's no denying. I mean, where where the team that could keep slipping is Chicago. Chicago's, you know, just Toronto's only a game behind them. You know, a game behind them in the one in the in the win column and loss column. They're, so you know, Chicago keeps slipping down the way they're going, and they're just two games from being. They're just two games out from being in the play-in. Well, the truth about the truth about Chicago is they haven't played well for a month and a half. And you know, we talk about quadrant wins in the NCAA. They haven't beat a good team all year. I mean, the statistics are crazy with Toronto and the top-heavy teams in the conferences. So, a hundred percent agree with Chicago. Chicago is, you know, Chicago is a game up on Toronto for the sixth seed. And again, remember, six is the line. But Boston, this is big. And I think what Will did with the Toronto play tonight is very important for new betters to understand. You're not looking, you're looking for situational spots. And it looks like Tatum may not play tonight and Robert Williams is going to be out tonight. Obviously, he's out with the meniscus. So that's a perfect spot for Toronto. And as Michael just mentioned, Toronto has plenty to play for because they want to stay above that cut line for the play-in at six. Yeah, I mean, and, and look, we know Toronto plays hard. Toronto's 8-2 and two over their last 10 games. I mean, Toronto has played very well. They have played very well. Now, they have not played against Boston particularly well. They're 3-7 and seven over in, against Boston in the last 10 games. So we know they have a little bit of a problem playing them, Boston. But the last time they played was back in November, back, way back in November of, of 21, and Boston handled them razzle, rather easily. So, you know, I think when you see line movement in the NBA, it, it, it's because somebody's out for the game. And obviously with Williams out, that triggers their defense and then I think they're going to have to give Tatum some rest. I mean, they have been so effective defensively in the way they're going. You credit their coaching staff, uh, you know, credit what they've been doing, but they're a team I don't think anybody really wants to play them right now, Patrick. Best scoring defense, best defense as far as field goal percentage, first in defensive efficiency. I mentioned their numbers are overwhelming as far as scoring on them, getting to the rim. You can't do it. So the Robert Williams, and you, and you nailed it. I think Tatum's going to get a rest tonight as well. So there it is. And, you know, it, it, it's just it's, it's fascinating, too, because you look at the West, Michael, and already the Suns have locked up the West. So let's go ahead and take right. a look right now. You've got the Suns locked up the West. The two seed's going to go to Memphis. Memphis, who plays Golden State tonight, Memphis is, what, four games up on Golden State. And you take a look, Golden State-Memphis, excuse me, three games up on, uh, on for the two seed in the West. Memphis continues to roll whether jaw's in there or not i think the number at this point is like 16 and 2 without jaw which is wild and by the way golden state lost at washington yesterday okay washington's won two straight but they lost at washington with draymond playing with clay playing so uh you have to think that one two in the west is going to go suns and grizzlies 
Yeah, and, I, and I'm going to tell you, the team that we don't talk enough about on this show is the Dallas Mavericks. Now, look, you know, if the Dallas Mavericks were in the East, they would be contending for the number one seed with their 46 wins. I mean, they would be right there. And they have played really well, the Dallas Mavericks. I mean, they have. They beat Utah last night. And I think that they're, you've got to give Jason Kidd a ton of credit for what he's done with that team this year. Uh, the, the, adding Dimwitty to their team during the trade deadline has was been a great move for them. So I, I like Dallas, but I think the play-in, I, I don't think the, the seeding's going to really matter as much because none of the teams that are going to participate in the play-in, the Timberwolves, the Clippers, the Pelicans, or the Lakers, have, to me, have really any chance of defeating those five teams, including Denver, as the sixth team. So to me, it, it, the intrigue about the East lies with nobody wants to play Brooklyn. Nobody wants to play Brooklyn. <laughs> no. That's not the case in the West. There's not a team in that's playing that you're worried about. I totally agree. By the way, Brooklyn, it was interesting because that was Kyrie's first game where he was allowed Home to game. play in Brooklyn. He was horrible. I mean, he couldn't hit a horrible. shot from the field last night. So, uh, But something to keep an eye on for betters. Remember. Well, that was a shocker. I mean, sh- that, that, that put Charlotte ahead of them in the, in the, in the, se- in the seating last night. That's right. Which was a shocker. I, I, you know, the way I've – I mean, Charlotte's a funny team. I mean, you know, ball's so good. He scored 33 last night, Patrick. He was sensational. And P.J. Washington was really good. You know, had a double-double himself. But, you know, look, I, the, the, it's hard to predict what, what the Hornets can do. But last night they played their A game. And, you know, and they were able to, they were able to dominate. I mean, Drummond's, Drummond's actually been a huge Drummond's addition Drummond's been really, really good for the Nets. Really good. Totally I mean, agree. you know, everybody, I mean, Simmons doesn't even, we don't even know where he is, but Drummond and Curry, those two players the Sixers gave up, have really, if, if the Nets advance far, it's because of those two players, not because of Simmons. Two teams I want to focus on that you just mentioned. One, what's fascinating about Dallas, I think Kidd, had, they, they play so slowly, but they've been an under team. They're also your fourth best ATS team, covering an almost a 57% clip on the year. Charlotte, right behind them, who you just mentioned, your fifth best ATS team at 41, 32, and 2. Where they differ is on the totals, of course. Well, I mean, you take a look at Dallas. Dallas is to the under, 48, 25, and 2 this year. Now, and this is, I think, important for just casual betters because what do you think when you think of Dallas? You think of a team that wants to – You think offense, right? They are – they're covering – they're cashing to the under at almost a 66% clip this year. Dallas. Yeah, they're really good defense. They they're they're very good defensively and they're really good in-game adjustments defensively. I mean, they're yes. really good at that too. And they do a nice job and their team has played together. I, I, I really like this Dallas team and, and everybody gets caught up on their offense and what they've been able to accomplish with their players and you know, but I'm with you. I th- I think a lot of it is the fact that Everybody doesn't seem to understand that that their their defense is really what set the, is the difference this year from the past years of Dallas's team. And and look, you know the the kid from Villanova, Brunson, has played re- really. I mean, he didn't sign a contract. He's played really well for them. Yep, you know that. And I think it's important if we can throw up the top ATS teams there, Matt Santos. I think what's important, Memphis has been Memphis's numbers just in general this year are mind-boggling. I mean, they lead the NBA in like seven statistical categories, and then you take a look at their ATS numbers. They're covering at 
over a 65% clip. But Michael, what I think is important here is there's a couple of teams, you know, casual fans wouldn't think to bet because they're so bad. Oklahoma City's your second best ATS team this year. How about Detroit? Detroit's covering at almost a 55% clip this year. Yeah. So, so you got so you take a look. Charlotte's been tremendous ATS. So some of these teams that you don't suspect to be up there because they're so bad straight up have been tremendous ATS wise. Yeah, I mean, and look, Charlotte defensively. I mean, when you look at what they're able to do defensively, when they're t when they're kind of locked in and playing, I mean, you know, Charlotte can play like they did last night. I mean, they can play. PJ Washington played as good as he could play last night, you yeah. know. And so, and Ball is sensational. I mean, Ball is really good. It's just to me, it's it's what do you, the NBA is. What do you expect on what night? I mean, that's the problem. What do you expect on every single night? And that's the hard part to to, to really get. You don't know what you're going to get, and you've got to be careful as betters to be able to figure out what game you're going to get. Your 76ers, who I can tell you're a little down on right now, they're sitting right now tied with Milwaukee. A half game out of first. So, look, you've got Boston, Miami, essentially statistically tied atop the Eastern Conference. And then you've got Milwaukee and Philly a half game back. So you've got four teams right in the mix for the one seed. Yeah, and I think it's a little bit like the two the NC2A seeding. We said when that seeding came out, Kansas had the easiest way to get in there. How the East is seeded is going to determine our betting options. It really is. I think it's going to be critical how it's seeded. And I think there's a race to get away from Brooklyn in the East. I think that's ultimately what all this rest is going to do because it's right around the corner. Like you said, the 12th, that's not too far away. Yep, it is. I, I was... Just kind of taking note today. Remember, we're already 75 games in, so we'll finally get to that money-making time in the NBA where you know effort is going to be at a premium every single yep. night. You know, you can, and the you, games are fun to so, watch. Yeah, uh, games are fun to watch as well. Okay, we continue. Some NFL news around the corner here at Lombardi Line. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game-changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So, listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSIN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, you know it. Official breakfast of March Madness, that's Wendy's. Every day, choose from Wendy's stacked starting lineup breakfast, baconator, croissant combos, hot or cold coffee, and like any great team, Wendy's is bringing the breakfast legends oven baked, sizzling bacon, freshly cracked eggs, perfectly seasoned breakfast potatoes, and simply some OJ to bring it home. Make a fast break to your nearest Wendy's drive through and pick up your Wendy's breakfast, the official breakfast breakfast of March Madness. Choose wisely. Choose Wendy's. Okay. Michael Lombardi there in Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher here in Vegas. We transition a little bit here and I wanted to bring this up. I was fascinated. This is a five and 12 team from last year. I think you can start putting the pieces together. Uh, They signed a quarterback they weren't too happy with. They're going to be drafting sixth overall in the draft coming up. And here's the, here's the note that uh, Santos passed along that I think you'll be interested in. Jonathan Alexander of the Charlotte Observer reports the Panthers have first-round grades on three quarterbacks, Malik Willis, <laughs> Kenny Pickett, and Matt Corral. Michael, am I hallucinating? They have first-round grades on all three of them? Oh, come on. Do you think anybody in that building <laughs> is no, going to let them know what no grades they have on way. any player? Yeah, especially I mean, are they six. quarterback? Are, are they looking for a quarterback? Of course they're looking for a quarterback. Are they looking to improve their team? But has anybody watched that offensive line play last year? I mean, you know, they've got to get better up front. There's no denying it. They signed Bozeman to be a center. They signed Corbett, who was with the Rams. They brought in a new line coach, you know, this year. They changed offensive coordinator with Ben McAdoo. McAdoo's going to look at all these quarterbacks, and he's going to have an opinion of them. I mean, if they wanted a quarterback, if they would have been that desperate, they would have easily they could have traded for Baker Mayfield. His, they've got enough cap room to do that, but... 
I do think they'll be after a quarterback. I, I don't know how anybody, and I've said this before, can have first-round grades on, on three quarterbacks in this draft. Because when you say he's a first-rounder, you're saying he's coming in to start. And I don't care who you are. You can't say, watch a tape on Malik Willis and say he's starting his first year. You're redshirting him. And if you're Matt Rule and you think that next year you've got to really win or prove something, you're going to start him? I mean, we saw what happened with Matt Nagy when he tried to put that with, with, with Fields. I mean, no, none of these guys are going to beat out Sam Darnold. You can hate Sam Darnold all you want. You can hate him all you want. None of these, three, none of these kids in college are going to beat him out. No. And the Panthers dealt for Darnold last offseason, of course. He played at a level that Jets fans would say we're used to, completed under 60% of his passes, only 6-2 yards per attempt, which you don't like to see, nine touchdowns, 13 picks in 12 games. So that's the reason they're in the market for a quarterback. I just have a hard time believing they've got first-round grades on these three. I mean, look, anything from now, we're a month before the draft. Everything's going to be written about who's first round. It's all propaganda coming from the agents. This is who controls the narrative. You think some teams are leaking out who they have in the first round? Don't react to it. Look, do I think Carolina wants to improve their quarterback? Of course, they were in the Deshaun Watson thing. Are they interested in Baker Mayfield? I don't think so. I think they're concerned about Baker Mayfield for all the reasons I have laid out numerous times that he's a play-action pass. Would they be interested in Jimmy Garoppolo? Perhaps, but the problem with Jimmy Garoppolo is, and the reason why I think the Colts made the move to go for Matt Ryan was simply because Jimmy Garoppolo, his shoulders has been, will have surgery. And if you're the Colts and you've lived through Andrew Luck's surgery, do you really want to go through another quarterback shoulder surgery and counting on him? Luck didn't play that year. So I think you've got to be really careful here before you start connecting dots. And people are willing to put anything out there. You know, who's this guy going in the first round? You know, I've talked to a lot of scouts. I talked to personnel directors. I can't find anybody says to me that they think that that there's three quarterbacks going. I can't find it. I mean, I'm not I'm not making it up. I can't. I'm like I asked the question. I mean, you know, there's people. Tell me how that guy's a first. Explain to me how that is. No, I can't. Let me throw up the numbers as far as the first quarterback to be drafted and see if, based on the information you're hearing, these numbers add up. It's a $2 favorite for Malik Willis. He's minus 200 to go at the first quarterback selected. Pickett is plus 210, so uh, 210. Uh, and then Corral is 10 to 1. Is that kind of the order you're hearing? I, I hear a lot more. I hear more positivity about corral than I do most of them, although nobody loves his size. I think Willis is a year away from being a year away. He certainly has talent. And, you know, what offense is he going to run? What are you going to do with them? I think that you, those three, look, those three, sometimes I hear Ryder could be the best one. I know a team that really likes Ryder. Do I think they'll take him in the first round? Of course not. But I, I do think that there's a variance of opinion by everybody in this draft. I don't think it's all agent talk. I, I would lean towards playing. I would take the odds based on the numbers you're showing me. I would take a shot at Corral more than anybody. Yeah, I'm starting to hear his name a lot as well. The um, owners meetings. What's going on? I. Aside from people just clowning on the picture of the coaches when they line up for the <laughs> <laughs> your boy, your boy is taking hits, um, Matt Rule, because I guess people don't like his outfit. But what's happening right now at these owners' meetings? 
Well, I think, you know, you know, really it's a, the week. This is a kind of a week off. Most coaching staffs get the week off this week because the owners are out there and the coaches, the head coaches are out there at the meetings. I assume we're going to find some resolution on the overtime games, overtime rules, uh, see what they decide to do, whatever competition committee stuff is, is transpires. And I think you'll see a lot of conversations. I mean, what's, what is Cleveland going to do? I mean, you know, the one thing about this time of the year is you have to talk to the media. So Belichick talks to the media. You know, we saw Kevin Stefanski talk to the media. And he said, look, he hopes to get some resolution on the, the Baker Mayfield soon. And I think sooner rather than later. I, I would suspect before the draft they'll have some. I don't know who it'll be with because I think his value is kind of humbling, isn't it? I they mean, can't cut you him, know, though. Sorry to interrupt you, but they, Cleveland would get killed, right, if they just cut him? Cap well, wise? I mean, how, not they won't get they Dead wouldn't cap. get killed cap wise. No, no oh, okay. cap. He doesn't have he doesn't have any he doesn't have. I mean, they're carrying him now. Okay, they're carrying him now on his on his option That's year right. of the deal, his rookie deal. which is That's eighteen, right. which is eighteen point eight five million dollars. Okay, so they're carrying him on that deal. Deshaun Watson is only right now only counts ten million dollars on their cap. Now you know. If the dead money, it would count 219 if they cut him or any of that because of all the guarantees. The point here is they don't have to cut him. Gotcha. However, they, they've got plenty of cap room, but they're not going to keep him as a backup. So you're, you're betwixt and between. You know they're going to do something with him. Why would you give him an asset? And then the problem is who wants the $18 million? Who wants to take that on? Who wants that? You know, Carolina right now has the most cap room of any team in the league at $31 million. They need a quarterback. They don't see him in a hurry. Houston has the third most cap room of any team in the league, $26 million. They don't seem to be in a hurry, and they need a quarterback. I mean, wouldn't you bring in Baker to compete with Davis Mills? Uh, maybe on paper, but would you? Here's what I'll say. If Cleveland's willing to pay for some of it. That's right. That's exactly right. Is Cleveland willing to pay for some of the freight? Are you willing to give me, t you know, I'll take them if you pay $10 million. Gotcha. That's what's going on at the gotcha. owner's meeting. Those okay. are the discussions happening down there. You know, it's the same thing with Garoppolo. What, you know, John, John Lynch is looking for a second-round pick. Who's taking that on? You know, who is taking that on? He, is, he needs the cap room, too. He, he's got $24.2 million of paragraph five sitting there. He needs the cap room. Lot of, lot of, lot of cocktails and conversations at the owners' meeting. More conversation, yeah. A lot of, a lot of, you know. But I mean, that's the that's the league. We'll get some resolution. But the one thing is, there'll be there'll be more conversations about trades. Who else is available? Look, the trade market is all predicated on on contracts. That's what it's all about. Yeah, and we the one thing that Cleveland doesn't have is. Any type of leverage, like they've shown their hand as far as what they, they've, you know. Yeah, and and quarterbacks are like are, are like musical chairs. Once somebody sits down, there's nobody. You, you're not keeping Baker at 18 million as the backup, mm -mm. you know. And so you know you got to get rid of them. So and then you look around the landscape of the league and you know who's your competition, who am I competing against to get this player? And the reason a lot of these guys haven't signed the Gilmores, these other, they haven't got the number they want. That's why players don't. The players are hoping to get their number. Remember, fear does the work of reason. They're not fearful. They're not going to get their number. 
Now in July, they become fearful. And then that's when you can reason with them on a contract. But right now, a lot of players that haven't signed a deal are out there because they can't get the number they want. And they're in no rush. I think Carolina's out. Um, I, if, you, if I forced you right now to name a team for Baker, where would you, what would you say? That's, that's a, I'm putting you on the spot, so I apologize. I, I, would say, I would say Seattle just because I can't believe that they can convince themselves that Drew Locke's a starter. As much as I'm not a Baker fan, I'm not a Drew Locke fan either. I mean, I don't think Carol, I don't see him, I, I don't see him in Ben McAdoo's offense. Ben wants to be an 11 personnel, move it. The, that's not Baker. Baker needs to be under center. If you could just combine the two, Locke has great size. Right? Yeah. Baker doesn't have any size. If you could just combine the two. Get heels for Baker, I guess. I don't know. It's a hard you know, position I mean, to play, it, man. He was over. What happens when you get overdrafted is it's hard to recoup your value. Yeah. He was overdrafted. That's a fact. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. He played, played pretty well his, his rookie year and obviously playoffs two years ago. And then last year it fell off. So he's, he's in a weird, weird spot. We got more NFL. Josh is next. It's the Lombardi line. to the Lombardi line on VSIN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, so Lombardi line here on VSIN the Sports Betting Network. We say hi Michael Lombardi of course in a chilly Ocean City, New Jersey. I'm Patrick Maher here live from Vegas and we say hi to Josh Applebaum. Market Insights is the pod betting across America. What's up Josh? Little market updates with the tournament. How are we doing? We're doing great, Patrick Michael. Great to be with you. Happy Monday here. And guys, kind of just to recap before we dive into these final four matchups, you did see yesterday favorites 2-0 straight up, 2-0 ATS. The game that really intrigued me was that North Carolina game where, again, everyone riding that St. Peter's train, yet you saw UNC minus 8 up to minus 8.5, kind of that reverse line move against that trendy dog. So finally that St. Peter's run comes to an end there. You know, obviously the one with Miami was a little bit more difficult. Uh, you did have a majority bets on Miami, but they also had a line move. They went from 6.5 down to around 5 and a half but unc rolls and covers that number so overall guys now in the tournament favorites are 39 and 20 straight up 66 percent they're winning two out of three games but dogs covering the number 33 and 26 ats 56 percent but the big thing that jumps out to me guys an incredible under uh trend here in in the in march madness if you go back sweet 16 and elite eight the unders are on an 11 and 2 run they've cashed 11 of their last 12 they're 2-0 yesterday they're now 34 and 26 57 percent on the season so i'm wondering hey do we continue to see you know again as we get closer and closer to the championship game public continuing to ride these overs but these unders really coming through in these lower scoring games yep a lot of low especially those first halves as well i know a lot of people cashing <laughs> in the first halves um how about a final four early report from you josh with the numbers of course uh villanova kansas i got kansas three three and a half opener four opener somewhere in there and duke with a four opener against north carolina yeah, so Duke is the big one just in terms of futures, Patrick. So Duke is now your favorite here, plus 155 to cut down the nets. Paolo Bancaro is now your favorite, plus 300 to be the most outstanding player. This one is interesting to me. Hasn't really moved too much, you know, as of right now. And I would take these betting percentages with a bit of a grain of salt because you're not really going to get 
the public betting these games until we get to Thursday, Friday, and of course, Saturday. But as of now, 60% of bets on North Carolina, 68% of dollars on North Carolina. Now, Duke opened as a four-point favorite. They got up to minus four and a half at some shops. And it looks like early on, a little of those plus four and a half with the hook money came in on UNC to bring it back down to four. So kind of a waiting game right now. You know, the total is intriguing to me. As of now, 72% of bets, 74% of money is on the under. And you did see it open around 151, kind of stay 151. So, you know, can Coach K continue this, you know, this uh, last hurrah and win it all? I think that's what a lot of public bettors are thinking. But in this matchup, guys, looks like early money is leaning toward, if you can find a hook, UNC plus four and a half. But I, I, do you think that number, do you think that over under number at 151 is going to go down, Josh? Because I think it, it, this will be the best this number will be. I think it'll be 50, you know, go down 50 and a half, 49. I think it closes at 49, frankly. I think you're right, Michael. And again, you know, we have a long while until this game starts. It's almost like an NFL week, guys, where we can kind of monitor this throughout the week, which is going to be really fascinating. But Michael, I think you're right. I think the more you hear about, you know, this 11 and one under trend, the public really is one of is biased toward, hey, Saturday night, let's have a good time. Let's root for an over and bet an over. I'm sure you'll get a lot of over bets. But the fact that that 11 and one number is going to be beat, you know, beaten down into the heads of a lot of betting public this week. Maybe you see this thing start to fall a bit. I'm leaning that under 151, Michael. What will be the percentages? We understand at Duke, we know everybody's pulling for Coach K in that Duke team. But what about nationally, Michael? What are, are Do people want to see Coach K continue, or will they be pulling for UNC? That is the question. Yeah, that's a good well, I mean, it's such a split, right? I mean, there's two powerhouses in, 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 in a powerhouse region of basketball. You got to believe they're, they're opposites, right? So you either love Duke or you and hate North Carolina or love North Carolina, hate Duke. There's really no middle ground. But to me, I think what we're going to continue to hear is the four first five first round picks that, that are part of this Duke team and how dominant they are and how they've turned the corner. And this is a storybook ending. And I think that's going to move the betting line. I really do. I think that's going to move the public's perception towards towards Duke, and people are going to fr- forget that North Carolina beat them in the last game of Cameron, and this will be a revenge. It's almost a Hollywood script. It really is. Chesheskyville will be pulling for Duke. Pretty much everybody else pulling for North Carolina. Yeah. Um, basketball classic. We do have college hoops. Of course, you got nine in the association tonight. But, Josh, uh, let's talk these two in the basketball classic. Coastal Carolina, uh, South Alabama. This number open, Alabama, three. Looks like Coastal Carolina is taking some money here. They really are, Patrick. You know, one thing I'm keeping an eye out for is these smaller tournaments. So, again, we're all kind of excited about, obviously, March Madness. That takes all the attention and the spotlight. But don't forget these little, you know, basketball classic, NIT, CBI. There are money-making opportunities here. And one thing I've noticed thus far in the basketball classic, both the games tonight are your basketball classic semifinals, is basketball classic home teams. These are true home games. These aren't like March Madness where it's a neutral site. These true home teams, 7-2 and two straight up. They're winning 7 out of 9 games. Also, a lot of overs have been hit. 7-2 and two to the over, 78%. So you have kind of less pressure. The crowd isn't that crazy. You know, the stakes are much lower. You get these, you know, chalky home favorites, and you get a lot of these overs. So with that in mind, a couple plays that I'm keeping out for today, Coastal Carolina, South Alabama. This actually opened South Alabama laying three points. Now, totally admit, a lot of money came in on Coastal Carolina. Line got all the way down to a pick em. When we got to a pick em, guys, a lot of buyback here on South Alabama. The pick em got hit by some South Alabama money, bringing it back up to minus one. 
I bought low on that play. I feel like, you know, if you're getting coastal, you missed the three, the two and a half, the two. It looks like it got so low that now there's this kind of uh, sharp buyback here going the other way. So I have a money line play on South Alabama. It's a true home game. These home teams are seven and two. You also have uh, South Alabama. Um, Ken Palm has them winning by four. Greg Hoops has them winning by three. I'll go money line here, South Alabama, and I will ride this over. Uh, overtrend that we've seen seven and two in the classic this hasn't moved a ton 137 and a half but it looks juiced up like it may get to 138 well you know it, it's a tournament but it is a rematch of the Sun Belt conference i mean we get to see both teams that played i mean the south alabama has beaten them before you know beat coastal carolina and if you haven't watched charles manning play he's one of the best players for south alabama their offense is really good they play at a slower pace they're ninth in the conference in terms of pace but yet they're very good at shooting they're more of a, a they're really a good inside the number inside the three point line shooting team to me that that's what makes this is the second time they're going to play in the same season, I think the familiarity of it gives you a smart play to play whatever team you like on the money line. I think you remove any doubt there. The basketball classic, the late game tonight, Southern Utah home team, Fresno State. Before you give us the cap, Josh, Michael, Fresno State, is that campus like literally in the middle of cornfields, in the middle of nowhere? No, no. Fresno's a pretty – no. I, for some reason, uh, I, I, why did I think that? Fresno State, the actual no, campus. It's, it's, I mean, Fresno's a nice uh, – Fresno's a big town, and so it's – no, it's right kind of – Okay, it's right it's there. It's a in nice the, campus. No, okay. it's not no near no, – in fact, the last time I was there, it was pretty crowded. I mean – you know, and so, it, it, you know, for Fresno, I mean, look, Fresno's lost seven of the last, I mean, they're three and, until they got to this postseason, they were three and seven over the last 10 games. And for some reason now, they've just found a new life. I mean, they've been able to kind of come through it and beat, they beat Youngstown State to, to get to this Southern Utah game. What do you got on this one, Josh? Yeah, got a little movement towards Southern Utah, guys. You had Fresno open as an eight-point favorite at home. Remember, true home games here, as we mentioned in the basketball classic. But open at seven, or sorry, open at uh, Fresno minus eight, down to minus seven. So there is some money here coming in Southern Utah. And some of these sevens with Southern Utah are juiced up plus seven, minus 115. So I wouldn't be surprised if you get down to six and a half with this one. But guys, this is kind of another jumping out to me in terms of a total play. We talked about these classic overs, seven and two, 78%. And this got hit by a lot of over money. 135 and a half was your opener. It's now up to 138. If you can shop around and find a 137 and a half, I played that over there. Uh, Ken Palm's got a 137, so you're right on the number. But Southern Utah has been a pretty good over team this year, 20 and 13 to the over. They're 10 and 5 to the over on the road. In Fresno, even though they're a really slow-paced team, they're actually 4 and 1 to the over their last five. So uh, I'll, I'll take the over here and lean a little bit Southern Utah on the points. I can't wait for that matchup. I mean, this is kind of like a step up, though, for Southern Utah, who plays in the, you know, the big sky to play a team that's really from the the Mountain West. I mean, this is kind of a, a of a kind of a step up. Uh, I, I think it's kind of got to be a hard game, but Southern Utah's uh, their offense is really good, so we'll see what they can come up with. Next one, the let's go to the uh, NBA because you've got Atlanta laying it on the road at Indy. Atlanta's sitting tenth in the East. They're sitting that final playing spot. Josh, uh, Indianapolis, of course, uh, the Pacers, thirteenth in the East. Where we open, we open Atlanta seven on the road. It looks like they're getting bet. 
You're exactly right, Patrick. Yeah, a little movement toward the Hawks here. Open laying seven up to minus eight. But I'm interested in the over in this one, guys. Uh, you had a total opener here around 235 and bet up to 236 and a half. So some big money to the over has come in. Atlanta is your number third offensive efficiency team in the NBA this year. And also two of your worst referee or two of your worst defensive teams. Uh, Indiana 28th defensively, Atlanta 26th. You have Indiana 10 and three to the over their last 13 at home, uh, five and over the over their last five head to head. Both are rested and ready to go. So I played the over 236 and a half here. And Michael, between you and me, the Celtics and the Sixers, bad injury news with my Celtics. The Time Lord, Robert Williams, out a couple weeks. Yep. Who do you think wins that division down the stretch? Uh, I think Boston's playing the best of anybody right now. Miami is in a in a full force re retreat. Uh, Philly, I don't think is good enough. I mean, Brooklyn losing last night to 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 Charlotte was a shock, but I, I think they're playing really well. The Williams injury hurts them really. Miles, no Miles Turner tonight for the Pacers. He's out for the year too. When we think Fresno State basketball, I think remember Jerry Tarkanian late in his career yeah, went there and won a yeah. ton of basketball games. Uh, sure I, don't, did. I, I think he made it to the tournament a couple times as well. Josh, yep. Market Insights, Pod, Betting Across America. Enjoy your day. Thank you. Thanks, Josh. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Back with the NFL next here at Lombardi. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. You can build internal resources. That's what the study of psychology is about, building internal resources. Turning towards is one of the most important elements of successful relationships, no matter what kind of relationship it is. The thing that underpins all of this productivity stuff is finding a way to make the journey itself enjoyable. The journey is the destination. The beauty of uncertainty is infinite possibility. When you don't know what's next, you don't know what's next. And thus, anything can be next. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s... I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. I've been a journalist for two decades, writing cover stories for Business Week, Fortune, and Wired. And now, every Monday, I bring you conversations with people who are thinking deeply about work and where it fits into our lives. Like Microsoft CEO Satya Nadella on growth mindsets. The learn-it-all does better than the know-it-all. Or MacArthur Genius winner Angela Duckworth on talent versus grit. Your long-term effort and your long-term commitment are surprisingly important. Each episode delivers pragmatic advice for right now. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to the Lombardi Line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Vegas. BetMGM rewards. So, I always say it's like the credit card, but it is. It's reward points, redeemable for online bonuses, converted into comps. MGM Resorts Nationwide. You can also use them there right on the site for those bonuses, as we mentioned. It's a BetMGM Rewards. It's a sports betting premier loyalty program. So, anytime you bet, you get points. It's pretty simple. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years or older. 1-800-GAMBLER if you have an issue. So, came up with this this morning as a yeah. way to kind of close out our, our, our little week here, and it is the Lombardi grade. Okay? Mm-hmm. And the way I'm going to lay it out to you is we've had so much movement at the quarterback position. So when mm-hmm. and, and, by the way, just so people understand how quickly his brain works, we're putting him on the spot here. Total picture, quarterback, fit with the team, cap situation, just everything. We're going to tell you, give you a quarterback, and I want you to grade it. And we're going to start. You can go ahead and flash that. It looks good here. Russell Wilson, from, of course, the Seahawks to the Broncos. What is the Lombardi grade on the move? I think it's a solid B. I, I, I think the the contract hasn't gotten done yet, which it will. They will do something in terms of that contract. I have no doubt about that. He's going to get paid, uh, and that'll happen. I think the concern you have to have as a Bronco fan is what what Russell Cook are you going to get? Are you going to get the the diner chef, the the inline cook, or are you going to get the guy who's working at uh, at a five star restaurant? I think that's it. You know, can he move around? Can he play with his feet again? I think that's got to be the critical component here. Now he's going to go back to a more traditional West Coast offense, which I think certainly will help him. But I, I do think the skill players on their team will enhance him. The run game with Williams will help him. I think it's a solid B. I think it makes Denver a legitimate contender because they're good on defense, especially adding Galloway. And they can run the ball with Williams. And Wilson, if he's willing to run the football a little bit and move, it can really prove to be very effective. It's a good grade for Michael Lombardi, Bronco fans. A solid B for the Wilson move. Next one, Deshaun Watson. Remember, total Mm. picture, everything they gave up as well. What do you give the Watson to Browns as far as a grade? 
I would go solid A minus. I would go A minus here. I, I think the the contract is very disturbing in terms of the, the 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 guarantee that they gave a player who was coming off of not playing and going through 22 civil suits. I think that's problematic. The player on the field, the guy that can run this offense. I think it's the perfect offense for him. I think he's going to be dynamic in it, especially as they add more skill around him with this offensive line and that guy behind him named Nick Chubb, who's really really good. And then if, if if you don't like Chubb, here comes Kareem Hunt. And then you've got the ability to make loose plays with your feet and and throw the football. This really puts the Browns' offense on a different level than it was with Mayfield. It allows them to play different styles and still be effective. Watson to the Browns gets an A- minus from Michael Lombardi. Next one. Colts to the Commanders. Wentz. Total picture. Grade. I give it a I give it a C minus. I think here's the worst thing you want to do in all of sports is trade for a quarterback and still need a quarterback. Trade for a position and still need it. I don't like the deal. I don't like what Wentz did last year. His incessiveness to want to continue to throw the ball with his left hand, his ability to turn it over, nothing changed. Frank Wright came out today and said that, you know, Wentz is still going to be a top 10 quarterback. I don't see it. QBR with ESPN, they seem to see it. They had him as the ninth-ranked quarterback in the league last year. I watched all the games. I didn't see the ninth-best player in football at quarterback position. I think he makes too many bad decisions. If he doesn't practice during the week, he doesn't play well. Behind a bad offensive line in, in, in Washington, which they have not done anything to really improve that offensive line, and especially since they lost their best guard in, Shari- in Sheriff, I mean, that's going to be really, really difficult for them. And so I think Wentz is going to have too much on his plate, an offense that's going to be too hard. It's a different offense, too. It's going to be more of the North Turner offense. It's not going to be the RPO schemes. And he's not running nearly as effectively. I don't like the deal at all. I think it's problematic for Ron Rivera and the Washington team. Report card, Wentz, Commanders, C-, minus. Michael Lombardi. Next one up, Matt Ryan, forever a Falcon, Not so much. Mm. He's a Colt. Big picture. What do you give this as far as a grade? You know, I think this is the perfect B. I mean, it's the perfect B, right? Mm -hmm. He comes in. He's he's a two-year player. He played well. And when he gets protected, I think Matt Pryor, the left tackle for the Colts, has got to be the key player here. You know, last year when he played and they got his weight down, he was more effective. You know, last year, Fisher was the starter, but then he got hurt and they, you know, he'd missed some games. Prior, they traded with, with Philadelphia. When he started to come along, they played well. But here's why you like Matt Ryan. For the same reason why you like Deshaun Watson, you got a big back behind him named Jonathan Taylor who's going to take some of the pressure off of him. He's going to put him in the right play. And I like Frank Wright for all the mistakes he's made as offensive coordinator picking his quarterback over the last two years. He still coaches the hell out of the quarterback. And I think he'll do a really good job. They need to add more weapons to the team. They've got draft picks. They've got money. So I think they'll do that. They need to play better on defense, which was the hidden factor last year, which really when you break this team down, we talked about it in the Bears rundown yesterday, the defense let them down as much as anyone. And they need to fix that. But I like Ryan. I think he gives him a leader. He gives him the antithesis of what Wentz is, a great teammate and a great team player. I think that will certainly help him. Ryan and the Colts, that's solid. If I had those grades when I was a kid, a solid B. We'll take that. And I saved this one. I'm excited to hear it. How about MVP Mitch? He was Mm. a Bill. Well, he was a Bear, then a Bill, and now he's a Steeler. What's the grade for Mitchell Trubisky and the Steelers? 
you know, I think it's the same C minus that I just gave Carson Wentz. I don't like the player in terms of fitting into the offense. I, I don't like the Steelers team in terms of their offensive line. I think it still has a long way to go to improve. However, that being said, I love Nigel Harris. I do think he's a really good player, but I don't think he can take the burden off of Trubisky. Trubisky, to me, has to practice well. It has to go from practice to the game, and it can't be a misstep in between. It has to be perfect. And he makes too many mistakes. And I think because of those mistakes, you've got to be really good on defense, which the Bears were when he was playing well. But I don't know if this team's as good on defense as the Bears were. Certainly they can rush with someone like Khalil Mack because they got T.J. Watt, who's a really good rusher. And Cam Haywood still plays really good. I love the addition of Miles Jack. I think Miles Jack will really help them tremendously. But can they cover? Can they rush? Can they play from in front? Can they create the turnovers they're going to need? I think it puts a lot of pressure on Trubisky. They'll try to take it off him with Matt Canada. They'll try to do different things to keep him from having to play in the game. But at some point against these really good teams that they got to face in the North, he's going to have to play well. I don't see it. C-minus for Mitch and Pitt. You know what? One more. Kind of under the radar. But let's go. We talked about the Colts getting Ryan. Let's go Mariota. Raiders to the Falcons. What do you give Mariota and the Falcons for a grade? You know, this is this is really a, an interesting one. I'm going to go C-minus here, too, because I think Mariota won't stay healthy playing behind that offensive line. I mean, Mariota has always had a hard time staying healthy. And when he lines up here behind this line, now I know they've got, they redid Jake Matthews' deal, but Matt Ryan was the most hit quarterback in all of football the last two seasons. You know, and this offensive line, I don't care how many first-round picks they have. I don't – it doesn't matter. Kyle Pitts is a big receiver. He's not a tight end. It's going to be a real challenge. The best thing the Falcons did this year was bring Patterson back because he was their offense. But I think Mariota's going to have a hard time staying healthy. Right now, the only other quarterback on their roster is Felipe Franks. They better find someone else. They really better find someone else because I don't see Mariota being able to stay healthy. I think this is an under team all the way. And I think whenever Vinny posts those numbers, that you Atlanta will be one of the teams with one of the lowest win totals in the league next year. They're not going to let, let us get underneath that. That was fun. Lombardi's grades for the quarterback moves this offseason. Everything, by the way, everything's coming up Lions. Not only are they going to be on hard knocks, it was just announced that the Lions in Detroit gets the 2024 draft in Michigan. That'll be exciting for the rest it. of the league. Everybody traveling. Gotta love it. I mean, I love the fact that they're taking this draft all over. We used to be at the Sheridan Hotel. I mean, they used to be, you know, so in New York City. So it's great that these cities, and the cities, I mean, who would have ever thought that the draft would have ever been this big? When, when ESPN went to Pete Rozelle and asked him to televise the draft, that, that Rozelle laughed at the idea that anybody would sit there and pay attention to names being selected. And look what's happened. I mentioned, I'll, I'll say this, we've got a minute left. I didn't even know that the Oscars were on last night. So. I, I, well, I did because, you know, but I, I mean, I didn't pay attention to so it you until, until it, it all happened. Of course not. Come on. Do you have a take, on, do you have a take on your boy, Will? Do you have a take on your boy, Will Smith? I, I mean, look, it, it, you can't behave like that, Patrick. Come it's on. It's unbelievable. Have some, you you got to have some restraint, some disrespect for the, for the event. Respect the event that's going on. It's the Oscars. Paul don't Newman, Cary Grant. Event. Don't on. be bigger than – you know I don't like anybody who becomes bigger than the event. It's the name on the front, not the name on the back. Well put. Well put. I saw, I saw that thing you posted about Parcells. Parcells is a legend, man. 
when the he greatest we should, of all time. We should all be paying oh. attention when that dude talks, right? Every day. Every day. He's the best. All He's right. so damn good. It's unbelievable. He gets better. He's like great wine. It, he, re- he really does. Michael, enjoy your couple of days. Go write your book, and I'll see you on Thursday. Thanks, Patrick. Okay. Bye-bye. There it is. Lombardi Line. Thank you, everybody behind the scenes. Matt Santos, Kevin. Kevin's getting loose over his next couple of days. Odds on next here at VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Every Day Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.